Welcome to Dress to Kill, your favorite fashion and action movie podcast. This episode is a special watch through of The Fifth Element from 1997. And welcome back, friend of the pod, Erica Eaton, who joins us again this week. Erica is a fashion student and a longtime friend of Elma and I. The Fifth Element is an iconic fashion movie and so beloved to all three of us. We have been so excited to cover this movie since we started the podcast. There is so much to say about the fashion in this movie, so we tried to keep it tight with all the fun looks you'd expect and a few you may have forgotten. We discuss, are sex and love the same? How Captain Planet relates to the fifth element, and movie fact monster Alana came to play. It's true, I did my research in this episode. There are many fun facts and some behind-the-scenes drama. And we did have some minor audio issues. Hope you don't mind. Hope you don't notice, frankly. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> As usual, check out our Instagram at dressed to kill pod to see images of the looks we talk about in this episode. And please let us know what you think. Comment, DM us, or tag us. We're also on Twitter at DTKPOD. Enjoy! Welcome to our podcast again. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, friend of the pod. We're so excited to do this. And just just in a formal, official statement to everyone listening, we could speak for a year about this movie. There's so much to be said, costume, etc. So we're going to do our best to keep it tight. <laughs> and that's as much as we can promise. Honestly, so much to talk about. Because um, this movie... I don't know about for you guys, but as a kid, this was one of my favorite movies ever. Even still, mm-hmm. like I wa- rewatch it a lot. And um, today we're talking about Fifth Element. It was 1997, directed by Luc Besson, who also did Nikita, uh, La Femme Nikita and The Professional before this. Also oh. great movies. Um, the cast is Bruce Willis um, as Corbin Dallas, Mila Jovovich as Lilu, Chris Tucker as Ruby Rod, and... Um, Gary Oldman as the villain, Zorg, <laughs> great villain. Um, costumes were designed by Jean-Paul Gaultier, who was already at that point oh. designing for Madonna. And, um, you know, he did her famous cone bras back in the late 80s. And this was kind of like his, he, I mean, he costumed this whole movie. So we this love is him. really, yeah, Desperately. love him. Um, incredible amount of costumes too. And yeah. What Dude, I love... everything you're saying, I'm like, I got facts to back it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sitting here physically <laughs> nodding in my apartment. Like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, we'll get all into all of that in just a second. But I just want to also shout out the hair and makeup. Um, yes. Court, like the director, who is Lois Burwell. We barely ever talk about hair and makeup in this, but this movie has so much in terms of um, like creativity with hairstyles and makeup accessories like all the little things that really add to the world building of this movie the hair is incredible it's incredible so incredible so i can't yes (laughs) (laughs) try and keep it tight yes yes (laughs) um okay should we just dive into our looks already because i know we're going to talk a lot about the movie th- while we're discussing the outfits absolutely who wants to go first not me <laughs> <laughs> i can i can go first okay, okay. so uh 
of course, this was really fucking hard. What was it we said in our group text oh. leading up to this? Good luck. It's impossible. <laughs> Good luck. It's impossible. The, the theme of this whole episode the theme of this whole movie as far as picking what outfits you like is good luck it's impossible it is so impossible and since it's three of us we only got to pick three looks each so good luck it's impossible um the first <laughs> the first look i'm going with is lilu's classic white thermal bandages look very classic i think mostly just because like i desperately want to wear that i tried yes. <laughs> to cosplay it but uh, that i mean that's like money and craftsmanship to really get those done right. And I'm such a I'm such a little slut for craftsmanship. I couldn't have it done poorly, so I haven't been able to cosplay it yet. Someday. Anyway, so that's I think why I'm particularly drawn. Gotta I have love the it. Classic. I'm I mean, I okay, I'll say also that's my first outfit. <laughs> oh good. Okay, um, cool. You, I really teetered between her two looks because they're both great. Um but just in terms of the um it's it's bandaged bandages you know like strapped mm-hmm. around her chest and hips but it's very bondagey and i love that element that is super jean-paul gaultier of the time his like whole collection influence um kind of influenced these outfits that way and it you can totally i think that would make a super cute lingerie set like if you oh, even yeah. just separate it out as a top and a bottom with little garter straps and stuff so i would totally wear that also <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Love it. It's very um uh creepy yeha. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And also in that scene when um when she's coming to life in like the tube mm-hmm. and the bandages fly over her. Yeah. I love yes. that visual. It's so satisfying and then she lifts out of it and it's like full outfit. Yeah. Yeah, I love <laughs> so that. Cool. Such cool. They yeah. also call them thermal bandages and I was like I don't know what that is, but she looks good. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm like, is this a, meant to be like a material in the future that will make your body temperature feel fine without covering every inch of skin? Oh, oh this is my guess. I like that. <laughs> when I say thermal bandages, like temperature control, but only covering your nipples, <laughs> which we could use. I would, I'd be down for that. Although, I mean, would that just make society chaotic? All of the like anti-skin showing groups and all of the groups who are like let me show my body would be so at odds that's a whole nother all of those anti-skin showing groups (laughs) listen there's too many of them to to designate (laughs) that was my good fix (laughs) oh my god i mean hopefully it'll just normalize things that way but yeah Yeah, maybe eventually yeah um well, I'll just say that that was also one of my top ones. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, my gosh. Okay, cool. Like I mentioned, like I mentioned off pod, <laughs> I um, am doing things illegally today and I'm breaking the law <laughs> and I'm combining that one with the one where she's got the orange little overall orange okay. little thing. The thong sure. suspender. Yeah, because they're, to me, they're so tied together. Yeah, and the law needs to be broken, especially for this movie. I'm so for it. Let's talk about that orange one. My God. So that's just, those two are my one top look. Okay, I love it. I would have done the same. (laughs) Two become one. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I love the, the, the gold pants, white top, orange suspender. Yeah. So... That That orange suspender, like, is so creative. It's so cool. And you actually really... You don't see those gold pants 
very often. There's like four shots where you actually see that the pants. It's mostly like right. waist up. The top half. Honestly, the yeah. top half is my favorite half, so it's okay with me. Yeah, same The pants here. are cool, too, though. It has, like, the black piping through it. Mm-hmm. It's, it just yeah. has enough design detail to make it really interesting, but still look like, um, I don't know if practical is the word, but, like, she's still, like, it doesn't look fussy, you know, like, her whole look. Um, but between... Although- I'll tell oh, you, it was yeah. about the fussiest shit ever. They had to sew that orange thing onto her every morning, and she just oh like, my God. couldn't really pee. Really? Be- yeah, <sighs> because it was um, Alana with the facts today. Tell. Uh, it's because I, I did a cosplay of this uh, right. for Halloween last year, and I looked up so many facts, so I just kind of refreshed myself. Which um, was amazing, also- by the way. Oh, your you. cosplay of it is so good. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. If you want to see it, go to my Instagram, at Alana Fickus, F-I-C-K-E-S. Had shots it out there. Um uh, but I, I was like struggling so hard with that orange thing. And again, you can order like one that's actually made out of rubber, like rubber, rubber <laughs> that looks most similar to what she wears in the film. But outside of that, any t- version of materials to use to make it like none of it really works well. And you, the shape, I don't know if you recognize when you're looking at it, the shape to make that shape work <laughs> actively on a body you really need a strap in the front connecting the two sides the like suspender sides oh yeah yeah yeah. it just goes right straight down to her crotch and like it's connected at her crotch but it's not connected in the front besides that chest yeah and it still kind of hugs her curves like she has a the curve of a woman and it doesn't like stick out there it stays by her body and the only reason it does that is because they've sewn it to her because there's there needs to be a strap there to (laughs) to keep it in otherwise so in my imagination it's like this future shit that like i don't know sticks to your body more maybe it's like a heat reactant reaction or something like i don't (laughs) i I still like the design but yeah practically as far as today goes not possible to wear it that way really Uh, which makes it even cooler it's the future they've got the tech between her two outfits which one do you think is more iconic or more cosplayed or i yeah. I think the white one is more cosplayed because it's I was going to say the other one, but I don't. Oh, really? I don't have any fact to back it up. Yeah. It just seems like yeah, it. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, it they, they're like really difficult in different ways. So it kind of depends on like the expertise of the, of of the, the person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like if somebody's more of a photo person and they're just going to do a lot of cheats as far as the costume, or if someone's more of like a wear it in person person that orange thing is really hard if you don't invest in the legit rubber version which i will someday but didn't do it just for halloween um i think it's like a hundred bucks or like maybe 200 something like that which is not terrible if you're really into it okay anyway uh (laughs) yeah but the white stuff you the white stuff the bandages like that's hard too like you can see the way she moves even in this 1997 costume version it's got it has gaping holes now and then especially in the Mm -hmm. thigh and i think we have better materials now to like not make that as much of a problem but i mean clearly even then it was imperfect it is difficult to kind of get it the way you want it to be yeah i'm yeah i guess like erica said though they are kind of tied together so totally it's 
yeah they're both so iconic i feel like in just costume history this these two outfits have got to be some of the most cosplayed looks oh yeah for sure and you know what pisses me off though is that he was not (laughs) nominated for best costume this year what i know are you kidding like shakespeare and love won what Uh, okay i get it this is the most iconic costumes in the world shakespeare love what was that come on who even remembers yeah shakespeare love okay great because i mean the costuming was beautiful but it's historical Mm -hmm. if you just yeah take history into account you can't go wrong yeah but this this is like he pulled that out of somewhere he was like what what are Mm -hmm. people going to be wearing in a thousand years yeah you know john paul gautier he was he designed because they were going to make this movie la la went through the whole process and then couldn't get it greenlit so they stopped and then years later came back and that's when the film was actually made and base the difference is uh, Luc Besson's other movies came out so then people were willing to give him more budget between the, the two times mm. of going into production but oh, I'm the glad first they time, did that oh me too the first time they went into production it was in 1991 and Jean-Paul Gaultier was already attached and made, I don't know for how long or what percentage he was attached, but he already was designing costumes then. So he had designed, there isn't a number, but like a shitload of costumes. He said he did a hundred sketches or more because they were like. Well, let me tell you the whole rest of this. Okay. Because what what I have read is that he did a bunch of costumes for the initial stuff. And when they, in between, you know, like when they scrapped that before making the actual uh, fifth element that we know and love, they scrapped everything, including all of his costumes. And so when they came back to make it again, and he was again attached to the film, he apparently designed 800 unique costumes. Oh, yeah, insane. And I, who knows how many he, I mean, I think that means created, um, but the technical quote is designed. Well, I mean, there's no, so made, many. No, like- made. He made approximately 800 unique costumes. So how many did he design on top of that? And those are all not from his original work on the right. film sketches or anything. There's so many scenes Crazy. where the extras are so uniquely dressed and you can just tell they didn't just say like, wear something weird to set as an extra. They were like, <laughs> no, each extra has like a specific crazy Jean-Paul Gaultier look. And it's you can really yeah. tell they put a lot of care into that. Exactly. Like each character has really character in them. Like they yeah. thought about the full look and how to make everyone individual and i love also how the um the cast is like i guess because it's future i mean you see a lot of diversity and representation across the board and i think they do that also within the costumings like diversity and just really crazy mix of um styles and people and class and stuff like that so yeah super appreciate that it must have been so fun to design for him i mean just really exploring every bit of imagination yeah that he has. and no rules because it's the future and uh-huh. yeah. yeah there's so many cool looks i mean like we said good luck it's impossible coming down <laughs> good luck it's impossible i mean a lot of those looks i think if you were to watch it today like maybe if we have some youngsters listening who've watched the movie you'll be like oh yeah i've seen looks like that the reason you've seen looks like that is because this movie was made after exactly. this movie, people made imitation looks that are like Burning Man shit now, which is great. But those are made because of this movie happening, not af- not the other way around. 
you know? I mean, yeah, not only like regular people, but designers like um, yeah. Alexander McQueen and Moschino. You see like a lot of stuff that Moschino has done recently um, with like Jeremy Scott's direction. Yes, yes. That is absolutely lifted from this movie. Totally. Wow, yeah. So influenced a lot for sure. So in, uh, so who hasn't said there first? We all have. Yeah. Okay, great. And we all (laughs) want to hear my second then? Yeah. (laughs) Um, My second is going to be Corbin Dallas's main orange jumps, uh, not jumpsuit, orange tank top look. Yes. And this is the first time I've like hardcore looked into the design of that, like front, back, all all aboard. Oh my God. I love it more than I ever did before. Me too. I'm it's so obsessed. So cool. The orange tank top is is not basic tank top. It's got some like, at least the edges are like plasticky. I don't know what to call it. You know those bras that are like seamless bras that have that like it's, ironed plastic edge. Yes, I think it's heat sealed. <laughs> heat sealed. Maybe that's the actual yeah. term. Oh. At least the edges are like that. I don't know what the material of the actual top is, but the back it's three panels across that are velcroed over his back that's how the back of the t- of the tank top i know this was the first time i noticed that they're velcroed because there's one shot Me where too. you see it from the side and you see it, it can lift off yes, right yes. I, crazy right i thought it was always just like stretchy straps like across the back but actually yeah. it's like you oh, can climb into it like a backwards oh vest. i see yes. i'm looking at i the didn't even realize your back. Sent, i didn't even notice that yeah neither did i oh my I was god look at the cat so cool. in that one shot yeah. the cat yes exactly oh <laughs> <laughs> cutie yeah. And also, like, now I desperately, I'm like, my next cosplay for this movie will be this outfit. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be oh, that white thing. I got to do this. Right? I would wear it. I, I love it. I love that oh outfit. Also, um, his pants that go with it have, like, knee pads effect on and the, the knees. The it jacket looks like kinda... that goes with it. Yeah, has, the like, jacket. One <laughs> shoulder has this, like, tubular padding. Is it just one? Yeah. The other shoulder is oh. different. And one Damn. shoulder has two. Oh, cool pieces of like round oh, yeah, padding yeah yeah, yeah that i think that that tubing is so cool it's the kind it's like a xenon style tubing where it's oh like, uh, yeah yeah like a princess sleeve but done like a few of them and a little lower down on the arm does that make sense to describe that i don't know how to describe this for normal clothing <laughs> you know like an animated princess kind of sleeve where it's like a little oh exactly okay. yes yes but like lower down and rounder and a few of them <laughs> and it's cropped isn't it it's like a it's a nice little like top heavy jacket. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's well, great. It's, yeah. yeah, like short sleeves and it's 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 like slightly shorter, but it all kind of looks like motorcycle-y, which I yeah. love. Um, yeah, very cool. Obsessed Good outfit. Okay, I'm gonna pick my second one. Okay. Unless Erica, do you have anything else to add about Corbin's no. outfit? No. Okay. <laughs> so number two. Okay, this is hard, but I kind of wanted to pick something maybe a little different. Yes, um, I figured we'd do this. It, yeah, I know. I was so trying to be thinking about how to be strategic, but also pick my favorites. Mm-hmm. So my number two is the um, Aknot, the monsters. Do you Ak-Not. guys know who I'm talking about? I thought about? they were called Mangalores. They are, they are called Mangalores is like their um, species. That's but I think Aknot is the main, the leader guy. Lou, you know how bad I am with remembering the names of even normal names in when we do this? I I wrote them down at the top of my page to be like, Zorg is the bad guy. Mangalores are the those things. So I'm like, shoot, I didn't do my due diligence, but okay. <laughs> no, yeah, so <laughs> the Mangalores, basically. Um, and my reasoning for picking this is because the amount of construction detail that is in the full yeah. look, um, like 
I don't know what it's made out of. I feel like it might be leather or a suede type material, some kind of it's like structured material like that but there's all this ribbing work throughout the outfit and one they have on one side like these strands of strings that just hang from their shoulders that really add nice yeah. movement when they walk oh my um, gosh that's so true and you'd need you need that for like fake you know that's a mask yeah. they're wearing not a face and then and then also yeah props for all the um the mask work and the whoever did the special effects the makeup and everything yeah. um but all of that detail and just imagining how much work it must have taken to make however many monsters there were in this movie. Um, great job to the costume Insane. department. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I believe the budget at the end of the day was $90 million because originally it was supposed to be $100 million and that's when he couldn't get funding. Oh. I think it ended up being $90 million, unless they went over budget. At pre-production when they came back to actually make it, I believe it started at $90 million. Yeah, in crazy. 1996, probably, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Well. So, yeah, that's where the money's going. <laughs> also, <laughs> apparently, Gautier, uh, am I pronouncing that right? Jean-Paul Gautier? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why it sounds weird, because there's a musician called Gautier. That's why it sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> he, he apparently was, uh, I don't know how to put this, a grump about the budget because he was not given he says he was given a less than adequate budget and that most of the money went to sets oh the sets also i mean the awesome. sets i i took a picture of like one of the very first scenes where the priest is going to talk to the president and i just took a picture <laughs> of it and it looks like a painting and i just was like wow i've never really realized like i've seen this movie four thousand times yeah. But like just this still made me appreciate how each scene really looks like a piece of art. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and speaking of the art, um real quick, I just want to mention um one of the art uh okay, so the production designer was uh Dan Weil, but he worked with um uh John Gerard Mobius who yes. is Yes, right? The incredible artist who has kind of shaped the look of Alien, Tron, and Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars. And um, he did a lot of art for this movie um, in terms mm-hmm. of set design, I believe. They yeah. were the illustr Him and this other guy who is also an, a comic... He was originally a comic book illustrator, Mobius. And this other guy, Jean-Claude... Okay, Char- I'm going to get this weird. Mercier? <laughs> yeah. yeah, him. Mercier? Yeah. It ends with an E-S, so... Maybe it's pronounced, maybe it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Working on my French, I'm not here yet. Uh, Those two guys were a part of the original, uh, like, skeleton crew, whatever, when they were trying to pull together the film back in 1991, the original, original. Awesome. So they were there since the start illustrating this and giving it visual life. And also, while we're on the subject, just because this is so fascinating, this is one fact I feel like we have to get into here. First of all, it was a 400 pages long in 1991 when they started the Oof. script. Dear Lord. And sec- wow. and just for anybody who doesn't read scripts, usually the number of pages in the script is approximate to the number of minutes in the right. film. I mean, oh. depending on how much descriptive terminology, like some movies are more descriptive, so it's okay, the script's going to be longer, or vice versa, or how much dialogue there is. Yeah, that's that's a rule of thumb. So that's a very long, and um, and did you guys know that uh, that Luke Besson wrote this when he was sixteen? Originally, no. no. Yeah, crazy. He wrote it. 
he would he grew up in a small town in France and he wrote it all of the quotes of his say this so in some capacity as an escape from his small town life it was just like a fantasy he was writing and um when they actually made the movie he was 38 I believe and there's a lot of nod to it took that long for the story to develop into what it is and obviously mm-hmm. the the help of like all these artists along the way because this crazy. this movie crazy. had the capacity to be as amazing as it is or go the other way and just be awful because the story is so bonkers um, yeah. and it's just so silly but it's just like yeah. the combination of like set design costume design the cast I mean, I I I can talk about Ruby Rod for the next six days. Yeah, he's just a dream. He's perfect. It's perfect. Everything just like really came together. Really, yeah. Like, like you said, the like without the world builds that the world that they built with the set design it wouldn't be what it is but then the costumes is yeah like, and without the costumes what, it wouldn't be what it is without everything yeah. like all the creatives this is a total collaboration perfection yeah it really is and i and also the thinking they did so music, little yeah. cgi everything yeah. was practical thank god and so the cgi it's it's good for its time like it doesn't look like trash right like in today's day and age <laughs> but you can just you can tell but they used mm-hmm. so little of it and everything else was just practical that it just looks so good and holds up. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I think it's a great uh, nod to like what we don't see a lot of today is producers having faith and investing money into filmmakers' visions. And through the 90s, especially in the 90s, a little bit of film history, when we were having all these independent films come out, there was still a lot of investment in people's visions. Like with Wes mm-hmm. Anderson is a great example. Like I don't remember which company worked with him initially, Paramount or something. They invested in him creating his vision and they had people around him who could help him because he's a first-time filmmaker whatever but they didn't have people take his script change it and be like you're still directing this completely different thing and nowadays they take creatives and they just plop them into something that they already have faith in that will make money that is just a replica of something else and it's not actual creativity coming from the actual creator's self you know it makes such a difference that's how movies like this that could so easily have gone wrong become these magical incredible things because it's actual creativity coming from the actual creators who are actually creating it and then someone else is putting money into it to make it work and then you get like tenfold back because it works so well nine times out of ten when you're actually letting people be creative it's something i so miss this i miss thing people actually being creative and being able to execute their own shit themselves and having these incredible unique things come out of it i miss that so much right now the completeness of the vision yeah Yeah. like it's perfect yeah okay erica what's your second (laughs) my (laughs) second favorite look is ruby rod's leopard print look yes i just love it so much the hair that goes with it and his little matching cane it's perfection Mm -hmm. um and also, like, he's got his other look with the roses. And for both of those outfits, his little, like, posse of minions all, like, match him. Oh, and it's so I cute. I love it. But, yeah, yeah, no, I'm obsessed with this look. It looks so good on him somehow. It's the most bonkers outfit. But it just, it's like, insane. works for him. It and really does. 
he wasn't into the outfits at first apparently chris tucker was like uh okay <laughs> like you know it wasn't like a dick about it but wasn't particularly into them but he said once he started wearing them and whatever they really helped him get into co- into character and so then he liked them by the end <laughs> And I'm yeah. like, yeah, look, my God. I mean, oh, I mean, yeah. he carried it perfectly. Like, I, I, I read that, or I heard that um, Prince was originally. Yeah, it was originally off. Slated. I have the whole oh story. Oh my God. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Do you want to tell the story, Alana? Sure. I would love to tell you because I looked it up a few times because I was like, wait a minute. Wait, why though? So yeah. I got the details. Okay, go for it. Picture, so oh my God. Verbiage. Yeah, so originally they wanted Prince to play that role. And, the, you know, the first couple times I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, Prince would be great. But the more I think about it, I'm like, no, Chris, no, no one could have done what Chris Tucker did. And I don't I know agree. how, but it's perfect. Um, so I've sent you guys some pictures. There are some pictures of a, a fashion sketch um, of it's meant to be like a fishnet full body suit with feathers on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> Um, so they went to Prince and I believe it was Gautier or, or someone on his team who was a French speaker, like someone who spoke French, um, brought the, the concept to Prince and asked if he would be a part of it. And they pitched to him the costumes, which this was the main costume they pitched. It's like a fishnet bodysuit with like all the kind of feathers like dangling all around it, but especially a bunch of feathers around the ankles and on the butt and, um, like a, like a big, like ostrich I don't know, like an ostrich looking yeah exactly totally. feather butt and the way they described it to him they called it in french a f- i don't know how to pronounce this a faux cool it's c-u-l f-a-u-x space c-u-l faux cool maybe okay I don't know. um which uh technically means fake ass or fake yeah. butt but um i guess in french it's it's not it's it's more in reference to that type of like little bump on the butt or something i don't know it's it, the the um translation is meant to be a little off and prince <laughs> prince heard that and just like walked out the door Stop. <laughs> and his official comment was that the costumes were too feminine and that's why right. he didn't take the movie um but prince is yeah first of exactly all, not even that feminine at all and clearly he saw the sketch and the sketch isn't that feminine either i'm like and Prince wears feminine all the time. I'm like, every That's fact of this like, he's very, He was kind of, like, <laughs> back in the 80s, he was very, like, gender, not gender fluid, but, like, yeah. wasn't he a, was the afraid most to, like, embrace bendy. his feminine yeah, exactly. side. I think it's just one of those classic cases of, like, big celebrities choosing if they're going to onboard with something or not and, like, the way that that always goes. It's always so tender and it's, like, one word can just mess everything up. Yeah, sure. That's why so many people have jobs being in between. I love Prince, but Chris Tucker killed it. Chris Tucker killed it. I'm so glad it worked out that way. Like, it was definitely how it was meant to be. Yeah, like, I was just saying, I can't imagine anyone else playing this role and then I read that Prince was attached to it, but... He like brings the humor. He um yeah is just over the top, but still feels really real, like a real like that's that type of character, you know. Yeah. Um, and no, it would have been totally I, different. It yeah. would have been totally like I don't think the humor would have been there. No, um, I don't think so either. You know, he's Wild. so perfect. Oh my god, I just <laughs> I was <laughs> like, what did she do? <laughs> perfect. Okay. Alana, what's your third? 
Okay, my third is, I mean, of course, it's the flight attendant outfits. And I yes! am bunching <laughs> all of them into one. Oh, absolutely. All so good. All of them. That's also my third. Okay, That's great. also my third. <laughs> oh, my God! I was going to say, who's not picking that? I feel like that's the... Like, okay, let's uh, discuss. When we when I went let's into discuss. this, I was thinking, should I choose the obvious or the not obvious? And I just I, thought, exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to go not obvious because these are so iconic. Like, why wouldn't I choose these things? Like, yeah. So, yeah. You, yeah, you can't not. Okay. So, Alana, go tell us why you love this outfit, these um, outfits. I'm just upset. If there's any fantasy outfit from any movie I've ever seen that I'm like, please, can I have it? Please, can I have Like, somebody make a knockoff of it even, and I'll buy it. It's this. Like, this is the outfit from any movie I've ever seen that I feel that way about. It's The okay. design is incredible. It's so unique and cool and great and, ah. I, yeah, super cute. I love that it's kind of a nod to the pan, like, kind of the matching yeah. Pan Am girls or, like, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like 60s stylish flight attendants. But it's super sexy. <laughs> um, well, there's two versions, right? So there's the one that has the long sleeves and the collar, um, like, the pointed collar. And then the cutout in the chest where yeah. it looks like she's got a bra on. And then there's the other girl that has the um, the short sleeve top that has just, um, it's just a crop top. but And just has a little, slight like, booby cutout. Yeah, at the top of her boobs. Um, they're both great, but I think I'd go with the long sleeve. I agree. Okay. <laughs> it's really hard to pick, but I think it's more the, the long sleeve is more iconic. Also, they have little yeah. um, wings on their hats on the light blue one, the mm-hmm. long sleeve one. It's just That's so cute. So, cute. <laughs> so good. It's it's like the, the girls in the air versus the girls on the ground exactly. um, outfits. Yeah. yeah, the difference. Um, and I love and that they did that, too, because that's real yeah. in airports and yeah whatnot. like i love that they gave us the two yeah i do too and i love that <laughs> matching platinum bob wigs are also part of their yes. costume like as a flight yes. attendant wear this hair i just love yes. that yes oh i'm happy you brought that up because you know in the um we were just talking about alana in the goldfinger episode how all the girls are blonde like why didn't they pick more like yeah. diversity but i love how in this it's like they yes. all have the same look but they're different shades of skin girls like there's exactly. different kind of girls but they all have the same blonde haircut <laughs> which exactly. is great this is that done right yeah exactly Ugh. iconic um yeah i had to pick this outfit too also because it kind of reminds me of lingerie alana you said someone should make it i would totally make it it's so let's collab cute. dude okay <laughs> calling you out on the air she said it, everyone. <laughs> let's do it and the little boots um i mean the hat is like the perfect shape and size too like it's slightly bigger than like um i don't know it looks a little bit oversized for that type of boxy hat i don't know what are they called pill Pillbox? Pillbox. Yeah, pillbox. Yeah. This is um, the only time I've ever known the name for a fashion trend and you were unsure. <laughs> I was Mark, like, can crushed. I just have it known? <laughs> yeah. It's like the Jackie Kennedy pillbox hat. Yeah, kind exactly. Of, right? Yeah. But like, um, yeah, it's very 90s up in literally in size. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's the thing about this movie. It's so 90s, but so future weird. And I, I love it. <sighs> Is there a year attached to this, like the um, the setting of the movie? Do we know well, what year it is? I'll tell you what originally it was in his. Oh, tell me. Sixteen-year-old, uh, not script but story. Yeah, when when Luke wrote this when he was sixteen, it's actually I think this is so interesting to know. Originally, it was set in the year twenty-three hundred. Um, mm. So 
and I think that means it's no longer set in the year 2300. I mean, it's it's supposed to be 300 years after the, what is it, like 1900s when they're in those um, excavation tombs mm-hmm. and whatnot. I would guess that's about 1900, so about 300 years after that. 2200 maybe is what it said he did say 23rd century at one point so yeah 22 something i think well there you go yeah um and originally uh corbin dallas originally his name was (laughs) zaltman blairos (laughs) (laughs) also quick fact before bruce willis officially agreed they they always wanted him for the role but it was like a back and forth kind of thing they considered having mel gibson and Ugh. that would not be this movie. <laughs> I'm so happy it was Bruce Willis. I mean, I mean, perfect. it wouldn't be this movie if it, if no, it was yeah. Mel Gibson. We, it just wouldn't be the beloved film it is. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think Bruce Willis, he's good. He makes a it's good no Zortron Marxist or whatever you said. Yeah. There's like, <laughs> he needed the, the like playfulness along with power and the softness that Bruce Willis brings is so unique to Bruce Willis. So, yeah. I, I feel like it couldn't have been someone else. Um, and also, so the original script, uh, the way it's described is that it was written about um, Zal- Zaltman Blairos winning the resort, uh, that like trip to the resort on Flo- Folston? Flostin? Flostin Paradise, I think. Flostin. Flostin Paradise. That's right. Uh, and I think it's interesting that that was kind of like the story originally like of course this kid who's in small town france who's like fantasizing about something the story was all based around this idea of winning a trip to this other paradise versus now like that seems like such a small plot point as far as the story goes you know what i mean interesting that that's kind of where it started fascinating (laughs) um i like the name corbin dallas a lot better yeah (laughs) it rolls off the tongue nicely i definitely think like time went on and he was like oh a 16 year old's name for a future man is maybe not (laughs) a name i like anymore (laughs) oh it's it's not a good name um (laughs) are we doing um, did we do all three we did we did i was gonna say (laughs) are we doing um runner-ups because i have a couple yeah let's do honorable mentions and uh, there are some that like we have to say come on there's things we'll talk about yeah okay go ahead whoever wants to go Erica, sounds like you want to go. Oh, go for it. All right, here I go. Han Menses. Uh, I really like the um, crew, the captain and crew of the Floss and Paradise ship. Ooh, the sailor outfits. The little sailor outfits because they're very yes. futuristic, but also so classic Gautier. Yes. yes, I love that. Yes. I just thought yes. it was, I just thought it was so cute and I loved it. Yeah, the classic sailor inspired with yeah sailor stripes is super um, Jean Paul Gaultier, right up his alley. And I love that he included his like iconic, um, his own like design personality into it. Like it's yes. really you can tell it's him. Um, yeah, it's yeah, just those his are super idea cute. of what a cute little sailor man would look like in three hundred years <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it's great. And I, I love also it. love that when most people do like a nod to a sailor, they're gonna take they're gonna like make it really uh they're gonna make a basic look and then add like tiny little bits but it feels like Gautier did the exact opposite he was like what are the most the things I can make most extreme about that are weird and quirky about sailor outfits and then the rest we'll put together after you know what I mean like I agree the hats and the skirt stuff and like it's so it's so not the way I would interpret that 
in, in costume design in a good way. Like he's so creative. I agree. I'm looking mm-hmm. at it now and it's clear he like deconstructed it and then put it back together just so different. Yeah. yeah. Like the stand up <sighs> collar, the fold over chest piece that has no buttons on it. It's great. Yeah, I love that. That's the thing. It's like everything has emphasis in these awkward or amazing places and it feels like anime come to yes. life like in yes. a, in a lot of outfits you know and i love that and you know that's i think was a lot of their aim ha- having it be a totally so much of the vision created by animators yeah no that's true that's true exactly um okay oh. i have I guess we'll just take turns going through honorable mentions because sure, there's yeah. a million of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we have to talk about, since uh, we were talking about high collars and um, emphasized collars, Zorg's pinstripe suit yeah. with the Shantung iridescent green shirt. Incredible. <laughs> that has yeah. like a six inch collar that sticks all the way up, like framing his face. And his pinstripe pants are like jodhpurs. Like yeah. they're really full at the hips. And, and then I think it's made out of vinyl, so that's why it looks yes. so slick. And Ugh. later on, you see him throw the coat, the matching coat over it, and I think the inside is lined in, like, a maroon. Like, it's so many details and slick. A little clear um, headpiece. Yeah, the headpiece. The freaking so headpiece. It's so the coolest, weird and cool. You know, they used they originally had him with um, with that same soul patch, but they also had him with a little Hitler mustache. <laughs> No, God. <laughs> Imagine both of those. <laughs> there are like too many small dots of hair on a man's face. <laughs> too, many, too many small dots of hair. Also, while we're on Gary Oldman, fun fact, since I have some, is that he took this role as a favor to Luke Besson because Luke helped finance one of his films. Oh, wow. It wasn't like a role he was like dying to take or. or oh, he was great. And, and he was perfect. I mean, I, he was so great. Yeah. He's so good. Also, love- did you know that Gary Oldman played Sirius Black in Harry Potter? No, I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I know, that's great. <laughs> Alt universe, though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> from Zork. Zork to, or the other way around. From, from Org to Zork. To Zork. <laughs> I was just hoping maybe some of your listeners would scream really loud at the podcast. Like, everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I would love to poll how many Harry Potter watchers we even have listening. <laughs> That'd be interesting. 100%. <laughs> Alana, give us one of your honorable mentions. Um, okay, so the f- the first one I have to say is um I don't know that she has a name, but Gary Oldman's character Zorg, his assistant like phone yes. answerer lady. Absolutely. Um, yes. <laughs> Who is, I have her name written down. She's a famous model from the 90s that I actually got really obsessed with for a minute. <laughs> I oh, follow her on Instagram now. Oh. Um, her name is Sybil Buck. But okay. she has, if you ever look up like 90s fashion images, like runway images, and there's one girl with red hair and full lips. And she's, you know, classic 90s body shape, like nice and voluptuous, but very thin. Um, mm-hmm. it's this woman, Sybil Buck, and it's iconic. Like she does, a, she's been in a lot of the like bandage looking dresses, um, images oh. that you just see constantly circulating about nineties fashion. Um, anyway, she, she's fantastic. I love her as a model and she still is very cool. Her Instagram is actually great. She's always talking about like spiritual cool things. Um, but her look mm-hmm. in this movie, she, it's a cameo for her. She's wearing like a, like a light 
seafoam mermaid Barbie colored wig, makeup, outfit, like all of it is that same color. And it's like shimmery. Even her um, mascara is that same like light sea foamy color. And her I eyebrows are it's too. It's so her cool. Eyebrows. The eyebrows, mm-hmm. all of it. The wig is like super short, shaggy, coming around, framing her face like like a long pixie it cut. It honestly sort of. kind of looks like it's made out of feathers almost. It does look like mm, it's made yeah. out of feathers. I don't, I don't think it is. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if they added feathers into it. You know what? It might be made. <gasps> I'm looking really close. You might That's be right. feathers. I'm looking really close, and I'm thinking now, is that feathers? I'm looking really close, and that's feathers. It's feathers. That's a great title, too. We solved it. (laughs) Do you see that she's wearing a little jelly ring, too? Okay, yes, I was going to say that. Those are the rings that came with hard candy nail polish back in the 90s. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Yes. which is such a nod because this whole moment is kind of iconic in the fan base for this film because of what she's doing with her nail polish. But let me say her top first. So from what you can see, you can only see her top half. She's wearing... I mean, it could be just lingerie, frankly, from what you can see. But um, the top is lined with like a feather, like a light feather like boa a kind of thing. So she has, yeah, exactly. Yeah, caribou. That's the word. So she's got the, pa- she's got the Car- feather Car- stuff, Car- caribou <laughs> around. I feel weird saying things when I haven't seen how they're spelled. <laughs> I need to hear you over the phone. Um, she's got the those feathers around her. That's wrist, my future daughter's has- name is gonna be Marabou. Oh my god! I just made that up, but actually, it's kind of a cute name. Yes, especially yeah. depending on the looks. Um, Nothing but. Wait, feathers. did you say dog or daughter? Daughter. <laughs> oh, I heard dog. You said dog, right? I said daughter. Oh, oh wait, Elma, did you hear dog or daughter? Uh, dog. I, mean, I heard listen, dog. If I too. get another dog, I'll name her Marabou. I have no problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> like as I was saying it, I was like, "Depends on what she looks like." I'm like, "Wait, let me double check." She daughter. <laughs> okay. I was Keep thinking going, like if you going. have a shaggy dog, but okay. Uh, <laughs> she has that same marabou feathers going on around, uh, like a super low sh- side shoulder with little cap sleeves, and it's at the end of the sleeves and up over the shoulders, and it goes all the way down to like a super open chesticle cleavage front also still lined with those feathers and then there are these little like light teal that same kind of mermaid color sea foamy uh straps that cross around her neck kind of like a choker but also connecting to the top with a little jewel in the middle that is just so damn cute creative beautiful i want to wear it right now i love it it's um super cute it's super 90s i feel like like a 90s raver girl and also kind of reminds me of um romeo michelle a little mm-hmm. bit, especially with that that marabou and that jelly yeah. ring. <laughs> All of those are my aesthetic. So so mm-hmm. wonderful. Also, this is the first time I've watched the movie and noticed that she's painting her nails with the little magical nail painter. What? Yeah, it's a this little is nail the painter. First time you noticed that? I've never I think this is the first before. time I noticed it too. Like I had heard about it and seen it in pictures, but I don't think I ever noticed oh. it while watching. I loved that bit. Like, all the makeup. Okay, let's talk about that other makeup moment. The Chanel eye makeup yes. thing. I yes, love yes, yes. that. So loved it. I mean, every, like, especially as kids, like, young girls, for me and you guys, I'm sure, it was, like, a fantasy to be able to have something like that and just, like, one click and your eye makeup's done and looks beautiful. Oh, so cool. <laughs> so cool. I still want that. Yeah. That's basically, that's basically what the nail polish thing is too. You put your finger in like a little, looks like a lipstick case with an open head 
and then you pull your finger out and it's a different color nail painted so cute i think Um, i was always distracted by the color of her hair and her makeup i was just like all the rest of that yeah Yeah. so much (laughs) to see why would i look at her nails when i gonna look at this yeah (laughs) more honorables oh you know what i did have one honorable mention and it's just so silly it's the um the girl that shows corbin dallas to his room on the floss and paradise ship yes yes oh yes thank not you. silly at all well it's just so not pacific islander <laughs> oh, oh clothing oh. in any way okay um <laughs> but it's just such a 90s take on hawaiian greeter fashion like when they're I giving them the lays 1950s yeah like it's elvis like, in hawaii but then she's got oh, yeah. a choker and arm yeah. bands <laughs> And a belt, question mark, all made out of flowers? I love it. The belt makes me laugh so hard. The belt is the weirdest thing, but I love these weird, quirky accessory moments. Me too. That's the reason I chose it, because without all the weirdness, it's just like, oh, like an outfit that someone would probably wear on vacation in Hawaii. Yeah. But with (laughs) the weirdness, it's fucking With the armbands and the belt, it just becomes the strangest thing also her headpiece that flower piece is so beautiful i love it i was just gonna say i love it yeah i love that insane Um, incredible cute 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 cute. i'm sure everyone had this on their list or thought about it maybe the mcdonald's girls yes Yes. (laughs) oh my god that was another one of mine okay i'm glad you brought two golden menus i love that (laughs) i love how blunt their hair is how red (laughs) it is they look like sexy ronald mcdonald like sexy <laughs> raggedy ann and andy work at mcdonald's <laughs> yeah With that blunt doll hair yeah but that is super um i feel like jeremy scott copied or uh, inspired by you know in um i feel like a few years ago in a collection but i love the brandedness in the not only the hat but even like the the yellow so lining great. the kind of yeah the trim that goes across their chest too it makes up an m in the sweetheart shape yeah the, like genius. little corsety mm-hmm. toppy and that's another thing that i loved is like about this film is what will branding and what will yes things like that be in the future like there's this part in the very beginning of the movie and i remember i noticed it the first time i ever saw the movie and was like oh this is already my favorite movie where he um Mm -hmm. the cigarettes come down out of the wall and they say like quit smoking today and then he takes a cigarette out and smoke it and it's 90 percent filter yes thank you for bringing that up (laughs) that this is perfection and like this totally is what cigarettes will be in a hundred years you know i know i love those little that all adds to that world you know the building of the world it's so genius and little details it's great Super you know, like well thought. hearing that he that um, Lupuson wrote this when or originally wrote it when he was 16 makes sense because I feel the exact same way. There are so many details that are brilliant and to- and like took time to consider. Right. Mm-hmm. So many like this isn't something that would have just been able to be pulled together really quickly. Like even in the this time, I every time I every time any of us watch it, we notice new details like that, which mm-hmm. is another reason it's such an incredible film. But one detail I really liked this time was during the is an airport scene. Oh yeah, we all know there's an airport scene during the airport scene um, when the, the trash. two 
the trash yes the trash when the whole there's like trash everywhere in the back and the flight attendant lady is like sorry about the mess what mess oh the trash like that doesn't really relate to anything but it's so good for um set design and Mm -hmm. world building both and they found a way to like incorporate all these things like even just that little detail that as a filmmaker is a huge problem solver and a an elevator of the whole story obviously because of the world building yeah it's incredible um are you done more? i was gonna say that outfit is actually my honorable mention the outfit of okay the, like, yes let's the let's bad talk guys. more <laughs> about the airport scene oh the mangalores who are like i don't know what they did to be human but they're like uh, yeah i know what you're talking about bodies yeah mm-hmm. i don't remember what they did uh that outfit that's the outfit basically i'm referencing when i'm like the outfits you see now at Burning Man came from this movie. Like the skirt that that girl is wearing, it's a neon green, like skater skirt kind of shape. Is that what you call skater yeah. skirt? It's like and it's like clear. It's a mini, but it's clear skirt. and plastic. Yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> vinyl. The clear and vinyl. Underneath, she's wearing fishnet tights and a black thong. Mm-hmm. Neon and... green fishnet tights. Oh, they're neon green. I couldn't tell that, but they are. Yes, you're right. And just fantastic with like a huge furry semi-cropped top with red feathers around the um the neck collar so it just looks like extravagance at extravagance at like a rave like this is like penny from that movie almost famous is it penny marshall what's her last name penny lanes penny lane penny marshall's a director i'm sorry i like (laughs) penny lane penny lane is who i'm thinking of it's like it's a very like penny lane in the year 2300 yeah, or literally like a 90s rave when the theme is nice. the year 2050. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. A lot of it reminds me of 90s rave style. Like Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is 90s rave style. So, yeah. yeah. That look with the green miniskirt is my um, the one I want to take home. <laughs> really? <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I probably wear more full coverage chonies than a, a black song, <laughs> but Dude. I love it. I love being surprised by this. I did not expect you to pick that one. I'm so stoked. I love that outfit, though. It's one of the most memorable. And also just because you have that butt shot, it's like super visually captivating. And like, thank God Um, they did that. That is good filmmaking. You can't, you know, when they have costumes in movies where you just need to see it in some shot and they don't give it to you and you're like, damn it, fuck you. In this, they they just did it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great shot. Yeah. Um, I just love and also vinyl skirts. another rave e outfit in that scene is um the guys who are like doing the f- uh clearing like the weird monster rats out under the plane <laughs> yes, yes. before it takes off. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? The guys clearing okay. the monster rats. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, We need some heat down here. Yeah, and they're like smoking their joint. They're listening to reggae. Heat. Yeah, I love that scene. And there's like um, this one white guy who has like these uh, raver goggly or like kind of Mad Maxi goggles on, and um, the, their outfits are really cool. Um, it's just another added, you know, character element. And then there's also so there's those guys, and then the guys that are wearing like the um, the ones that are walking around with the fire um, flamethrowers. Basically, mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. like these rubber outfits on, and. I just love how much different kinds of texture there is 
all the yes. time on screen. Yes. And I was I thinking agree. how fun it must have been for like the fabric sourcing person who wow. had to like go and scour and look for the materials and um, whoever Gaultier worked with, like, or maybe it was him. I don't know. But um, how fun that must have been just like looking for new materials that look futuristic and yeah. combining it in weird ways. I mean, like, yeah. even in the beginning or all through the movie, there's like those little government worker guys wearing those like almost green scrub type tops yes um like the lab people the what yeah they look like they might be made out of like some kind of a thin latex like they just look so shiny i want to squeeze it (laughs) (laughs) i love those outfits yeah I mean, clearly we could talk for a year on honorable mentions. Like, every single costume is great. But there's only one more that I really wanted to mention. Uh, oh, my God. This was... <laughs> Me okay. too. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Is it the pictures okay, you guys just got? Yes. Yep. We're looking at the pictures. <laughs> and that's so. why? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just sent it. So the, this I was honor- just going to say the same thing. I thank absolutely God. agree. He was on my original list of things to talk about. <laughs> okay. So, to okay. fill you guys all in on what we're talking yeah. about, we're talking about the the robber who comes to Corbin Dallas's door right at the beginning of the movie. And he's all nervous. And Corbin just basically takes his gun and is like, okay, bye dude. And he's wearing, he's wearing, um, so like, like a latex vest thing, but like it wouldn't fasten in the middle. It would fasten around the neck. It's like, it looks like it has buttons that come across the neck, but they're open and it's like a maroonish Mm -hmm. color. (laughs) Um, and topless besides that he's wearing, some kind of like leopard print they look like they're made out of actual faux fur pants that are Mm -hmm. loose fitting way oversized yes (laughs) with a black waistband attached somehow super oversized in a stylish way and he's he's wearing a hat and corbin even comments he's like nice hat dude or something (laughs) and it's i don't know he must have like a beanie on or something to be fastening this to his head he has some kind of actual hat on his head but attached to the hat basically (laughs) on his forehead like as though you're playing that card game where you have to not know who your character is yeah yeah you know the game i'm talking about yeah this huge like i assume it's like cardboard or plastic sheet of i don't know it's it looks like it's probably like what is the bigger version of four by six like eight by <laughs> eight by 12 just double it eight by uh what's it's like tabloid size eight paper by 12. yeah it's like it's large but it's plastic or something it just at first i thought maybe it was meant to be like a mirror because it looks so no. like the set they're in but i think it's just a photo like it's an a image photo of, of the hallway that looks like the set they're in yeah like an image of the no hallway it's so that in. when corbin dallas looked through his peephole it looked like there was no one in the hallway. Oh yeah. my god, that's exactly right. And yeah. I didn't even catch that I, this time, but I remember thinking that in the past time. Okay, yes, now it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it's just an image of the hallway, and if you were to tilt his head down, like that would be facing us directly. So he's out there with yeah. his gun, but then when Corbin Dallas looks, it just looks like the hallway. I love this guy. He's he like, give great. me your guns. <laughs> he's like a future viv- imagination of what a crackhead is like. Crackhead. Like, he's actually yes. kind of like bubbly and and like weirdly charming. And then he starts, he starts dancing at the end. <laughs> it 
Yeah, I don't need it. For no reason. Yeah. He's like, this is definitely like a future, like a serotonin crackhead, like somebody who's got yeah. too much of it coming through in a way where they're completely gone, but they're also like uh-huh. kind of bubbly and happy. I, it was like he yeah. got so nervous when Corbin took his gun away that he had to let some energy off by just dancing yeah. in the hallway. He had to dance. He had to dance. <laughs> Can I tell you my favorite thing about this outfit, though? Okay. Is I think the pants are held up by some kind of suspender attached to his vest because they don't look like tight enough that they're sitting no, on they his are waist. So loose. <laughs> they're so loose. They're like they're waiters. So like um They're totally like, like a fisherman waiters. Yeah. They are clearly waiters. not his and, pants. He found those pants. <laughs> those pants look like they're the butt of an animal costume and he's yes. just wearing them like Oh like, yes. Yeah. Like the front half with someone else yes, has. Someone else and has he's the front half. <laughs> and he's the legs and he just I, escaped. I love it so much. I'm so happy you brought that up because I love yeah, the, that was it's so great. I love the story yeah. point also that like of course in the future you're just gonna have people constantly trying to rob you at home in your tiny little nothing apartment. Like mm-hmm. That's yeah, totally and also this dystopian future they're talking about. Yes, and to go along with this dystopian world building, the police presence was so yes. like totally terrifyingly accurate. Where if you do one thing, like hit a glass window, you have right. to like put your hands in the yellow circles, and well, and I was like, damn, they really, uh, yeah. they really saw where things were headed, didn't they? Yeah, they got it. <laughs> I um, mean, all okay. these movies from the nineties are that. And we just saw Goldfinger, Gold, not Goldfinger, um, Die. Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> there are too many titles. <laughs> we, we just saw Tomorrow Never Dies. And in Tomorrow Never Dies, the like plot line is about an evil media mogul, like a guy who's like controlling the news. And all it's just reminding me, it's been a while since I've watched so much 90s, late 90s content at the same time. Like it's 100% what was going on then is going on now times 100. Like clearly we're mm-hmm. in the same timeline. We're doing the same shit. Like all of these creatives were like, uh, the world's having problems going this way. And all of us as youth at the time were like, yeah, uh, the world's having problems going this way. And all the adults <laughs> were like, that's chill. Let's keep going. And now we're like, cool. Yeah. Here's where we are. And now we're the adults. Um, what am I re- rereading? Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Of course, it's all, it's all, it's all. And it's all about like media manipulation and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And Oh, yeah. It's very interesting because, you know, I have a different perspective now than when I read it when I was younger. I even have a different perspective now than when I read it, you know, two years ago or something. I I might like Harry Potter a lot, but it's great. Oh, (laughs) I do too. I I Yeah, you too. I can't not. (laughs) I'm also reading it right now. I'm rereading the first book. No spoilers. I've only read it three times. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like that stuff just started in the 90s. I think we were just coming to a point in culture where the youth of the 90s were like, you know, anarchism was really popular for a reason. Like this Mm -hmm. was our version of being like, hello, systems at B, can we change yet? This stuff has clearly been going around since I think about the turn of the century, like when media first was birthed, when our way of life was first birthed, when things being controlled by machines more than people in some areas absolutely i mean it's just a matter of perspective it's kind of like white people now being like oh my god the police can be messed up and it's like black people are like wow you idiots are just catching up to this just it's just a matter of perspective have you not been watching movies since forever like we've been talking about this 
since forever. <laughs> we have been talking about this as the main protagonist storyline since at least the 90s, that this is a thing and clearly reference to the real world we're in. But, you know, yep, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, we're the ones that have to make the change now, so we're trying. All right, guys, got any other uh, mentions? I have a couple more, but Go for they it. might be quick. Um, yeah. I mean, everyone knows this outfit, the Ruby Rod's black outfit with the oh, roses yes, around yes, the collar. Yeah. Yes. I love it. And I even love when it's like in, um, it's starting to get like torn apart when yeah. they're, um, when the ship is getting taken over and his like roses are falling off and stuff. I love um, it. And it's, it's to describe it as just his high collar, you know, um, iconic high collar with the roses going across the front of his collar and his hair has these little hockey puck like shapes all over his head um it's like a tr it's like a hedge that got trimmed into hockey puck shapes <laughs> i feel like and um yeah i love that outfit that actually might be oh um i was gonna say that actually might be my favorite ruby rod outfit but I just noticed for the first time watching it this time, he has little jewels on his nails, like one little rhinestone <gasps> oh. in the center of each fingernail. Yeah, a nice little detail. Oh, I think that was it actually for my honorable mentions. Great Han men's. Cool. There was a scene where the deaf guy. Which guy? Oh, Ray. Baby Ray. Ray, Ray yeah. the deaf guy. I the love him. The deaf guy with the blonde curly hair. I do love his outfit. This like platinum yes. blonde yeah, yeah, yeah. quaff and his shirt. He's wearing like a sheer ivory lace very Patch feminine lace. it's like very feminine and beautiful but he's surrounded mm -hmm. by all these women in the first mm -hmm. scene that we see him that are all these women in black bob haircuts or wigs pink mini skirts and these identical like black bandeau tops with a collar and one string connecting the two <laughs> and i just Amazing. really liked that incredible in my Every time I see that guy, I'm just like, Mugatu. Oh my God, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Yes, exactly. I Mugatu. think 100% that's where they got the inspiration for Mugatu. Like, character, everything. There, Somebody totally. saw this and was like, so I have a villain. That guy's too nice to be Mugatu. He tried to help Corbin. I mean, I hear you, but I think Mugatu's character <laughs> is really nice. And I think that's why he's so charming. Because he's, he's a nice person, but like with an evil agenda somehow. And they merged it together through Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's what i think yeah i i love that outfit too and how um like we talked about gender bendy and androgyny yes. like how much across the board that exists in this movie um like men in lace and feminine um, fabrics and stuff like that which i love and um yeah i, I that's super jean paul gaultier right up his alley and it reads great on screen yeah especially ruby rod like literally going down on a girl a bunch like it it makes it clear that the gender benderness is it's like the the attractiveness isn't associated to a gender like make yourself look beautiful make yourself look beautiful it's neutral mm. it doesn't mean like in a feminine way or in a masculine way and that doesn't right. relate to what kind of sexuality or sexual uh, partners you would choose or whatever yeah mm -hmm. like it's just I like that emphasis here because you so clear, I mean, all of us can agree. You so clearly see, don't see that in media anywhere. Media really is suggesting that like you are male and you look like this, you're female and you look like this. And this is why certain genders are attracted to each other visually. And this is the type of thing to wear as a guy to be, have women be attracted to you and vice versa. Yeah, but it's like not like that blue. way. Yeah. It's yeah, like girls. just 
fucking be sexy and hot yeah. period in whatever way mm-hmm. and you will be sexy and hot trust yeah. yeah i mean i think that whole idea of gender is changing now yeah totally of for course. you know 97 i think gautier was probably a little ahead of his time very mm-hmm. at least getting it on such a big stage i think these kind of conversations and visuals were going on for a long time but it was very pushed down by the media yeah i mean with our theme yeah yeah and i mean it's a future movie so they're able to do that away with it like it's yeah it's not as much in like if this was set in 99 or like just near future i don't know if it would have been you know it wouldn't have been that um forward pushing yet i just wanted to say of all the future movies we see like how accurate is this I know that we're seeing like the really um, more extreme moments. It's like a caricature sort of, but this is so much more accurate than so many movies we see that are projecting the future, like having people embrace their own shit and not have to Conform be subject or... to a certain identity with what they wear. And yeah, having all kinds of colors, shapes and sizes, whatever. Well, they could probably do better on sizes, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the the this film I feel like does predict the future a lot better than most future set yeah, films and luke Besson talked about how he wanted to show the movie or he wanted to show a future that was um more colorful and not just always oh, dark you wow. know and i i know i love that like if you think about the futurist movies before this like blade runner or mad max like all these dystopian um futures this is like a shiny bright eye candy like completely yeah. different yeah. and yeah i love that he showed a different kind of future as possible or you know totally another take on it frankly i see this as more accurate likely as well like Like, i I mean i just feel like all these dystopian future movies serve a purpose great but the idea that we are going to have just a yin and no yang is like impossible there's always going to be a yin and a yang so like if there's like darkness in the police are totally corrupt and all the systems are fucking you over and media is like wildly incorrect like then there's also going to still be areas where people are just absolutely feeling their highest joy and the most excitement Mm, and expression they've ever felt like you're going to have both sides of the coin no matter what so I think that's more realistic to have a movie like this totally I I love it I agree yeah hopefully we can have the flying cars and (laughs) um you know (laughs) the eye makeup thingies and the fingernail painting devices oh absolutely I want that I know. And um, I want to be able to okay. put a pill in a microwave and get a fresh chicken. Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> chicken good. Should we talk our keep and kills? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Erica already said her keep. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, right. Okay. Ola. Me or you, Lou? Um, okay, I'll go. My keep is Corbin Dallas's first main outfit. <laughs> I mean, I, that was so close to being my keep. I mean, frankly, this whole movie is my keep. Let me be straight. Yeah, but for yeah. sure, yeah. Because um, I would, I love that tank top. Um, I like the high waisted pants. Um, the jacket, I would prefer a long sleeve, but still a cool accessory. Uh, but I would totally rock that orange tank top and um, army green pants now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah especially now that I know I it's backless. Need- it's so cute. Yeah. yeah, right. We need to do a Halloween in the same location and just do this movie together as a future aspiration like or like for like five rows days in a row we can all be different characters from the movie like it's impossible 
Yeah, because there's too many outfits and we want to do all of them. I yeah. mean, listen, the two of you are clothing makers and I can use a sewing machine. Put me to work. <laughs> the three of us will come together and we'll pop out a bunch of these costumes. Elma, you're especially good with, with stretch fabrics, which we need in this movie. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, Let's go to go. New York. Come to New York. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, we should do it in New York. I would I'd be like, yeah, New York. New York fits it. I'm down. Um, okay, now that that's settled, my <laughs> now that Halloween is, is planned, <laughs> my keep it again. It's impossible to pick, but I just picked the flight attendant outfits because that's what I most have wanted from any movie ever. Great choice, <laughs> that's perfect. Great choice, and yeah, with your hair right now too. I know. I'm perfect. like, are you serious? Because let's do it now. Because hey, I got a bleach blonde hair. Okay, love it, Erica. What is your kill? This was really hard because the yeah. costumes are perfect and I would never say anything against Jean-Paul Gaultier. <laughs> so like this was really hard, but I think if I had to say my least favorite costume, it was probably the president's suit. <gasps> Same. That's, That's a my great kill choice, also. guys. Shit. I just thought it was a little bit boring. And it was, to me, a little bit reminiscent of, like, Star Trek. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not yep. the only one who thought that. A lot of the blogs said it. So I just, I didn't love it as, as I didn't feel positive feelings towards it like I did everything I, else. I, dude, I agree. I think this feels like where he kind of ran out of budget. <laughs> like, mm. the fabrics look a little bit flimsier. There isn't as much detail, to, uh, design detail. Like, I, I get the, maybe he was going for a more minimal look. Um, but even he's done minimal where it looks sharper and more future. But like, it's this also, just looks... I agree. And it's also kind of matchy-matchy yeah. to, like, the people behind him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah. he's the president of, like, the... United World, World Federation. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. And I'm like, really? He's wearing this, like, kind of boring drab suit that's, like, the same as the person behind him. It just doesn't seem right. I get that. He I, doesn't I kind look of feel the powerful. opposite. I kind of feel like oh, it, the, the leader of whatever, the leader of one of the top leaders, I feel like in the future their their wardrobe would need to be more and more... Um, a uniform and more and more blanded out and less specific and less attached to anything specific if you know what I mean mm -hmm. but yeah, I in the that. context of this movie it is so boring so I fully ag would agree with you it's I think it's a great choice for a kill for this I mean because we love every outfit but if you got to pick a kill I think it's a great choice mm -hmm. it's not like suits don't exist in this world there were people just <laughs> yeah. wearing straight up 90s suits at the Floss in Paradise party. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> well, this you know. was a deliberate choice. Suits are everlasting. That's an evergreen clothing item, even I in know, a 90s cut, I suppose. 90s cut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Alana, what's your kill? My kill is, I, I feel the same way. I think I should probably just go with what you guys said, but my kill oh, was, it was um the two what are they called mangalores aliens that are act pretending to be humans there's like the girl and the guy and they go at the mm -hmm. um at the airport my kill was going to be the guy's outfit just because especially next to the girl i'm like eh, what did it even oh, look yeah, like, like kind of boring yeah. it's like a like a a really uh what would how do you call Shaggy. that fish eye it's not oh, fish eye it's loose. like a fishnetty but like a loose like a very loose big weave. hole Open loose weave, weave. Yeah. that's it 
a loose weave fishnet top that's just like black or brown some dark color yeah like, like dark maroon or something like that yeah and some his pants and his and he had kind of like a something around his shoulders and and back that were the similar color and they kind of looked more like um what is this i don't really know not calling attention whatever kind of loose kind of shreddy whatever <laughs> and like kinda again they're shreddy. totally fine and they totally look like what the aliens wore wear more so i get it but also like what you put the girl in so you gotta give me some candy <laughs> <laughs> for that's sure, my for new sure. catchphrase <laughs> you gotta give me some candy <laughs> you gotta give me some candy i can't even say it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, that's a good one. I think also the um, the Cornelius and David, their outfits were. I mean, they're like priests, and you know, I liked them. Um, yeah, because oh, of did? that though, and I liked uh, yeah, that yeah. there was the, for the a reason contrast. the character. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't I hate them. The I just thought. I mean, they're kind of understated, but it's kind of like, well, that's what a priest might wear in the future. You know what I mean? Like twenty three hundred. Yeah. yeah. And I like that the the younger one, David's the younger one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. David had that hat that was clearly so futury. So I like that there was even a differentiation between like, this is of a new generation. So he's going to wear more like wild shit. Yeah. yeah. It was almost yeah, like yeah, a yeah, yarmulke, sure. but like and a future I, see, yarmulke. Exactly. I thought the whole time I kept thinking it was very yarmulke-like, but he does kind of take it off and put it back on in a, in a way that you wouldn't with a yarmulke at one point. And I heard it referenced as more of like, a future beanie a lot online oh so God. i don't know if it's meant to be like religious and yarmulke like or if it just came off that way because he's a religious guy and it's small mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a devo hat but shrunk a lot like your child's oh, yeah, toys devo hat miniature yeah, yeah. you're right yeah black. your pet dog's devo hat your pet dog's <laughs> devo hat but black your pet chihuahua's yeah. devo hat yeah exactly I love that actor though, and how he plays the nervous, anxious, oh so my God, well. yes. so good. He is so funny. I recorded uh, the last yeah, scene where he gets really excited and screams, and then Ruby Rod yeah, gets yeah. mad at him because it's just perfect acting on it's all perfect. their parts. It's They're so, so good. good. It's so perfect. But even that part where he didn't make it on the plane and like he's like he shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have given me the job and like yes. it, the Cornelius he's just agreeing with all the bad things that he, he goes, failed at. I've never noticed this before, but the guy says like, "Okay, you're gonna stay here and you're gonna do this, this," and then the older guy walks away to go on the plane and he goes, "I don't want to go to Egypt." Yes, <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> it's the it's best. Just like this, yeah, <laughs> he's great. Um, oh I just remembered something we Every didn't mention, though. What? Okay, please. The diva. Well, oh, yeah. Right. Oh, Outfit. I have facts about the diva. Ooh, tell. Actually, I mean, the I'm diva like... is very wrapped up in a drama that I was going to say after our looks. Oh, okay. <laughs> a set drama, if you're interested. Yeah, set drama. We're ready. Give it to it's me. here. Okay, so uh, I don't know how much She's of this you guys know, but Luc Besson, at the time of filmmaking was married um you know what i didn't write down his his wife's name when he was doing the film but i should have anyway his wife at the time played the diva because they had an opera singer of course that was there to to play the diva and she she dropped out last minute i think it even might have been a scheduling thing like i don't know that it was actually her not wanting to be in the film um but last minute the the diva dropped out and they still used an opera singer's voice but she, her visual was played by Luc Besson's wife at the time, who's a French actress. 
And let me tell you, Luc Besson has a type. He has date all of his three. He's had three wives up until now. Look almost identical. They're like dark mm-hmm. hair. Gen- uh, I don't know if they have light eyes, but they have the same kind of facial feature look. They're all very thin, tall. They're all actresses. They all speak French, <laughs> if mm-hmm. not are French. And so what happened during filmmaking, it's kind of tied into some other details about the movie. So I'm, I guess I'm just going to go there. Um, the language of, of the film, the language that Mila Jovovich speaks. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think they have a name for it. But uh, yeah, her like fifth element language is an actual language that Mila and Luke made up together. And yeah. apparently it's 400 words long and how they would remember it is they would write letters to each other in that language, like throughout the filmmaking process. Um, also, wow. M- Mila was picked after they auditioned 8,000 women. So what? No, I heard that. It's insane. <gasps> wild. Is that yeah, real? Crazy. And she was super young at the time. I don't remember exactly how young, but like, I think she was under 20 or maybe like 22, definitely under 25. Uh, she was super young at the time. So basically Mila and, and Luke were writing love letters in this language and Luke left his wife for Mila at the end of the film, end of making this film. Like they're basically having an affair during the, the film. I don't know how official that is, but um, emotionally what? I think it's pretty official. And, uh, and yeah, they were married for a while and then not that long. Actually, they were married for a short while and got divorced, but all of this drama, I just imagine there are all these articles that try to go into detail and I don't really care about the drama, but just generally to know what was going on that like Luke's wife was around, but clearly on the outs and he even had her step in when an actress pieced out uh, to play that diva, which she played beautifully. Uh, wild, wild dramas. Wild. Um, right, because I, I knew he dated Mila or something, but I didn't realize it was a... Yeah, type situation. it was a whole affair type situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it seems like he's, you know, I don't know. I don't think it bodes that well on him. I mean, nothing to do with his creative ability. Obviously, he's great creatively, but like, it seems like it wasn't maybe. I won't judge. Um, <laughs> but there's that. And and the people always love to note that uh, the shock that everyone had on their faces when the, the diva is singing all the actors, the the shots of the actors being like, oh my God, the diva singing, how mm-hmm. great it is. That that was in part due to Luke kept the diva actress hidden away from everyone. So that was the first time they saw her oh. was during that, cool. that filming. Yeah. Very cool. Which I that can imagine costume? would be shocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that costume is um insane like yeah i i wonder what it's made out of how it's molded and put on her like i'm just so curious yeah and all the tubings that come out the back and it's beautifully crafted i wonder this time i saw the armpits better than before and i was like oh so there's definitely meant to be like a living creature because there's some kind of detail with how the armpits work oh i didn't notice that (laughs) yeah it's like the it's like her her body right yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It's, it almost looks a little bit more like a gills, but armpits oh, can, at okay. the same time. Oh, like so what a gill armpit, which would make sense for the costume design because she has to be able to sweat somewhere or else she's going to be very wet in the face. Move, movement. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll like, say for having been on gives... sets, if you don't give an yeah. air bubble, oh, it's for gonna, sure. it comes out on their face and then all their prosthetics sweat off and you're like, screwed. <laughs> I also yeah, have so heard. Probably practical. I have heard that that opera was written 
to be unsingable with a human voice. Mm-hmm. Wow. So like it's edited because you just, I guess you can't <laughs> do like all those really quick note changes. Like the human body just like can't do it. Um, and maybe like that really high pitch. I mean, um, Mariah Carey could probably do it, but I, I know they wrote it so <laughs> that it, yeah. it's kind of like impossible to do. And therefore like she's, you know, she's an alien and she could do it. Exactly. Yeah. There's definitely some digital stuff happening, but yeah, that, and I remember when we like as a kid seeing that, how impactful that scene was too. Like yeah. it's a weird song, but it was so memorable. Yeah. And, um, well yeah, done. I I love it. Usually what, by the time a movie comes to like this epic song, it's like, Oh, the song's not really that great. <laughs> <laughs> and this one you're like, yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Speaking uh, of the music, there's more yeah. details about that song, but I'm less of a music connector. So I didn't write them down. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. Okay. But uh, Elma, you probably know this. The 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 guy who did the score for this um, mm-hmm. did Eric the score. Sarah. Yeah, he did also did the score for Goldeneye and right. surely other films. But he, a lot of the music in this is reused from Goldeneye. Like it's literally the same music. <laughs> it's crazy. That I don't know that how that's been. I don't know how that's allowed. But <laughs> yeah. Happens. yeah you totally hear it there's like a couple shots where um it's like that low humming dun, dun, like when like the the monsters are the bad guys are walking around and stuff I mean, like, like that monsters. stuff yeah it was totally used in or i mean almost sounds identical probably maybe was tweaked slightly but apparently it was this... copy and pasted it was like okay then there you go just um, reused is yeah it's definitely appears in golden eye when they're um at like the Russian base and stuff in the cold open and stuff. Mm. So yeah. And that I like Eric Serra works so well with Luc Besson. Like I actually yeah. love his work with this director in the Bond movies. It just totally failed. But here, this is that perfect combination of I, I like who I'm working with and we can make magic happen together. Well, maybe um, it was a fuck you to the Bond then where he was like, this didn't work for you guys, but trust it's going to work here. <laughs> maybe i could totally see that happening too wild I, um i have I, one last fun fact okay but if you want to say just something, one, go ahead. one last thing too <laughs> okay go um, ahead okay it's just a character thing that um i heard mila jovovich saying in Ooh. an interview about her lilu mm-hmm. and she says that she's a mix between a lion cub a bird and an ewok Huh. Whoa! And I thought that was such a cute little bit of—I don't know if it was direction from the director, but a character note. <laughs> so weird. And that's it. Whoa. Okay. It kind of makes sense, but also kind of weird. Like, imagine yeah. drawing that character. <laughs> An Ewok. Wow. Well, okay. So I'll do my last fun fact then. Yeah, go for it. Which is that? Did you guys know that this uh, movie was supposed to be a trilogy? <gasps> no. Yeah. It was oh, supposed to be a trilogy. Wow, I have mixed feelings. I want it to be a trilogy because I mean, I'm all I feel like I'm always the only one who feels this way, but I'm like the first one was good and if the other two aren't, okay, fine, but at least we can see if they would be. <laughs> yeah, for sure, the what if bit. It's so perfect on its own though, but I I But does I, adding I mean, more I mean, ruin the original? I don't think it no, does. No, you're right. But yeah, people do right. argue it that doesn't. a lot. It's a real the question. first one is still so classic and good, and then the second and third one can like go to a dumpster. 
If they're bad. <laughs> if, if they're bad. If they're bad, yeah. But totally, like, give us more of something we love. I'm down. Wild. Uh, cool. There are all kinds of, like, commentary about why it didn't happen. A lot of people are would say because of, um, after this, uh, Luke Besson and Mila Jovich did, oh, my God, Joan of Arc. Oh, and that, yeah. I don't know. They decided to do that instead of this. Like, there's all kind of stuff with different actors and the filmmakers and making choices and money and da, da. I don't know what the official reason it it didn't happen as a trilogy is, but it didn't. Hmm. Yeah. I think Luke Besson, to my knowledge, has talked about potentially m- making more movies of it occasionally, but I guess nothing too serious. The <laughs> The reason that people know it, it was meant that like modern people who are looking into the film, like people who are obsessed with researching movies, like occasionally me. Um, the reason that those of us know that it was meant to be a trilogy, like how we found that out, I think is the funniest thing. It's because on the um, Australian like VHS cover of this movie, <laughs> it says, it's the Star Wars of the 90s. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it says that because it's like, it's going to be a trilogy and... And, you know, I don't know, it takes place in space and it's about fighting the man and stuff, whatever. That's so but, funny. Yeah, that's apparently what instigated some research. And I think that's such a great, <laughs> that's so funny. You know, Couldn't be more different. It couldn't be more different, truly. You know, it's also so weird when I was researching this. I s- talked about on my social media that I was watching this movie. And as I was watching, I was looking up these facts from before. And a friend of mine said something about Captain Planet, and they were trying to reference the fifth element. They were talking about the five elements of the different Captain Planet people, <laughs> like Earth, air, water, fire, whatever. Um, you guys know Captain Planet. Yeah, they all have yeah. their rings, mm-hmm. and each person mm-hmm. represents <clears throat> a different element. Um, so they made some Captain Planet joke, and I didn't understand, so I googled <laughs> the fifth element, Captain Planet, and there is a theory that combines the fifth element and the ca- and Captain Planet. <laughs> there actually is a fan theory. The connection to Captain Planet is just, it's totally just a fan theory that I don't think, it's just like a fantasy. I don't think there's yeah. any truth to it, to my knowledge. Um, but it's a, the theory that Captain Planet happens after the fifth element. So like the setup of the fifth element, whoever, like whatever force comes and saves the world at the end of fifth element that like from all those uh sources uniting there's like an energy whatever that saves the world the theory is that that energy is captain planet like that force that comes out as captain planet and then to keep the world in order and to keep gaia alive and functioning and you know all of this captain planet creates these rings and chooses five people to represent each of the fit five elements and so for the next like 200 years that's the world we live in of having captain planet come when he needs to and having the five elements exist but being controlled by humans because at the same time like the rings are stones and in fifth element they are stones that represent Mm -hmm. these different things like there are all these connections like it's really detailed if you look up the fan theories about this but Fascinating. And then the argument, one of the arguments in the comments, which seems to be kind of prevalent that I think is just hilarious, is someone had this sass back being like, yeah, that'd be fine and all, except that Luc Besson has said officially on the record after the release of the film that the fifth element, Lilu, that in the film they say is love, is actually sex. Really? To which I'm like, 
but 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 i mean he not to be too culturally attached but like he's french and isn't sex and love can't that be the same like why are you saying that like these are completely different things well like, they can kind be of the, the same, same in any culture or at least related but they're definitely not the same well in my opinion yeah. i mean i could be wrong because like they could be you can love people they could, they could be, that you don't have sex with and you can have sex with people that you don't love yeah but isn't sure. having sex an act that is there's love in the act of it, even if you're not in love with that person. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you not feel that, that like energy of, I know what you mean. Yeah. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like, and it can just be completely love. platonic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel this way, but I'm a very feeling person. It can be completely platonic, but there is some like energy spark that I would describe Chemistry as love something. that, that, ha that exists when sex happens at least when it's like sex sex not like rape um right. not gonna go down that mm -hmm. aisle but that's definitely <laughs> not what i'm talking about like yeah, sure. trigger warning everyone the, the chosen <laughs> act of love <laughs> anyway so that's how i see it. i mean clearly of course it's just a quote from him so who knows how the interpretation goes and and there are a lot of arguments that were responding to that saying like well he's saying that after the fact and literally in the movie they say love the whole time so you know is the movie kind of standalone of what it is still? Does that really change anything? We don't know. Don't but know. also, yeah. it doesn't make that much sense because they don't have sex on the stone in the temple. Exactly. That's the thing. I think I think what he meant as a, clearly, look at the film he made, clearly a romantic and sexual French man, I think he meant sex in the love meaning. Like the way that love and sex are united. He must because... That's what I would say because it doesn't make sense otherwise, right? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't have sex. He says, I love you. And then her mouth explodes with light. <laughs> and Captain Planet emerges. Yeah. And so forth and so on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the, the Captain Planet connection. You know, there's one kid on Captain Planet whose heart is his power. And so that was the argument was like, well, then the Captain Planet's kid's power would be sex, not love. <laughs> not Just heart. the kid with the ring that says, <laughs> when everyone's like, yeah. water, he's like, sex. Yeah, he's the littlest one too. He's the one with the monkey. Oh my god! <laughs> and his would be like sex. <laughs> so inappropriate. So inappropriate. It's just a dildo on a ring. <laughs> oh my god! I can't. I can't keep going. I'm gonna burst laughing. And that's our show. <laughs> Do you guys have any final thoughts besides just absolute love? <laughs> I think you mean sex. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just such a good movie. I've seen it so many times. It never gets old. Never. Yeah, never. I watched it like a month ago, too. Yeah, I mean, I have Love a 48 it. hour rental and I'm like, well, I'm for sure watching it again tomorrow. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> this is one of the first DVDs I had, too. So we definitely watched it a lot. Damn, that's cool. I love it. All right. Well, the Great only time. I wanted to leave it with a line. So since I'm signing off, I'll leave it with this line. It's a quote from the astral priest. Also, what the fucking coolest title yeah, ever. Totally. <sighs> he has a quote toward the beginning of the film when he's talking to the president and he says, evil begets evil. Shooting it will only make it stronger. And mm -hmm. I just think that is that's it. That's a whole thing. That's what this movie's about. And I'm so, yep, leaving it at that line. So at that, thank you, Erica, for being here. Is there anywhere people can find you? Um, on my Instagram at AeriBerry87. 
And it's B E R R Y, right? E R I B E R R Y. Okay, there it is. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you for We hope me. you Oh, thank you for being here. Yeah, we love Erica. having you on this pod. You're a sister, clearly. Pods. <laughs> we hope that you guys loved this episode. We hope you've seen this movie and enjoyed this movie. And if you want to see images of the looks we discussed, go to our Instagram at dressed to kill pod and there's tell gonna be us, a lot there's gonna be so many <laughs> tell us what you think we're definitely gonna have stories full of images because there's so much thank you for listening hope you had a good time see you later bye bye, bye.